We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody and welcome in to the phnx suns post game show brought to you by the DraftKings sportsbook app america's number one sportsbook app don't forget to hit that like button subscribe wherever you get your podcast and leave us a five-star review ah oh, sad panda music today because the suns fall to the kings 128 to 119 this sucked Nights like tonight, Lindsay, that I like to look at the world and reassess my life and wonder what any of us are doing with our time. I mean. Especially those refs. They probably should be considering new career choices. <laughs> Listen, the refs were definitely a part of this, but they were not the sole reason that the Suns lost this game. Yeah, they were 65%. As much as I would like to blame this all on them, we can't. But we, we can, can rant about it for can, a minute. We can blame it on it. This is our show. We can do whatever <laughs> we want. You remember that, right, Lindsay? I mean, that's true. Um, I think we should start with the end of this game because I feel like, th obviously, that was the most relevant part yes. of this game, maybe. The fact that the Kings ended the game on a 13-4 to 4 scoring run seems like a problem. Yeah, that wasn't the refs. That was just bad defense. You know, yeah. I'm just going to be honest on that. They... Uh... They couldn't, they couldn't stop the Kings down the down the stretch, and I think throughout this game they relied too much on the quick three pointer. And when they got back in it, when they took the lead, they were cutting to the hoop, they were getting to the basket uh, at times, even drawing fouls. Surprise, surprise. Uh, and instead, down the stretch, they couldn't get a stop. Uh, they were shooting a lot of threes that they didn't hit, mm -hmm. and the Kings just found a way to do it. I mean, Malik Monk was insane. For a stretch in, yeah. in in that fourth as well. He was really so, on my nerves. Yeah. There were for a, few a hot people. minute there, it was like, can you just miss one? Yeah, I mean. Please and uh, thank you. <laughs> I think it was four straight he hit there. Look, this is a night I look at and I go, everything reverted back to the way it was. Devin Booker got hard double teams. Yeah. He had to pass out of it. You know, CP3 and, and DA did what they could, but there was no... 
there was no number 1A or 1B to go along with Booker. Guess what? That guy is here. He's just injured right now. So it gave me confidence that if you're facing the Kings in the playoffs or later on with uh, with KD there, I'm not I'm not all that scared. But when you face him again in two weeks without KD, you may see very much the same here because mm-hmm. the the Suns are more they're they're one dimensional at times when when KD ain't out there. We missed a lot of open threes tonight, too. And the Kings, they had seven double-digit scorers and then two additional players who had nine points each. So as much as this this was a winnable game for the Suns, like, that's tough to beat. It really is. But, again, I still think, even though, you you know, we play the Kings again in just a few weeks, like you mentioned, even without Kevin Durant, I truly believe the Suns can beat this team. I don't know. They should have won tonight. I genuinely think they should have won tonight. They should have. But there if- were points in time. Sorry. No, <laughs> there were points in time in this game where I felt like the Suns beat themselves. Well, for one, it looked like Torrey Craig was hurt at the end of the game. He probably mm-hmm. shouldn't have been in there to begin with. And then in the second quarter, when they really, their bench really wrecked our bench, we were whining about all the calls, which granted, <laughs> I understand they were frustrating as hell. That was the longest quarter of basketball in my life. Yeah. I get it. But that took the Suns. The Suns allowed that to take them out of their game. Yeah. So there were moments where I feel like if the Suns had kept it together a little bit more, they could have won this game. Well, very rarely are you going to win a game when you give up 124 points. So, I mean, but what what gives me pause about saying, oh, well, I really think they can win next time. This was the one they should have won. So bonus had 15 points and eight rebounds. Uh, DA outplayed him. De'Aaron Fox had 18 points and six assists. Chris Paul outplayed him. The difference came down to a bunch of bench guys. I mean, Trey Lyles has 13 points. Uh, Edwards has 12 points. Uh, David Mitchell has 13 points. Malik Monk has 18 points. The bench is the only reason the Kings won this game, and their two stars didn't show up as as much as everybody expected. So next time, you're not going to hold Sabonis to 15 and 8. You're not going to hold De'Aaron Fox to 8 of 22 shooting. So this was your opportunity to beat this team without Kevin Durant and to keep yourself in the hunt for that uh, two or three seed. Now I think you've made it much more difficult uh, for yourself because now you're three and a half back. So. Yeah. All right. Well, let's look at some of the numbers, shall we? By taking a peek inside the box. Uh, what's in the box? What's in the fucking box? I'd prefer it to be Gwyneth Paltrow's head today. I mean, <laughs> this is almost as gruesome. It's a 128. 119 Kings victory. Uh, Three-point shooting, well, they got 44 of them up. They only hit 13, where the Kings hit 15 of 35. And right there, that six points is a big part of the differential here. But don't wait. Don't look. Their buddy free throws comes in next. 18 of 22 for the Suns. Uh, The Kings shot 31 of 37. And as we mentioned, that bench for the Kings uh, outscored the Suns. 65 34, and that's how you get your teeth kicked in in a 128 119 loss. Shoot, which one do you want to start with, Espo? Which none of like, them I don't want to talk about the free any throws because then we can just like vent a little okay, bit about it. Let's do right it. the free throws. Let's do that first. Right. So many free throws, Such especially boring. in the first half of this game. There were 26 free throw attempts for the Kings at halftime. 26 so free throw attempts for the Kings at halftime. They combined the Suns and the Kings for 41 attempts in the first half. Yeah, the Kings had 26 in the first half. The Suns finished with 22 
for the whole game. Absolutely insane. Dug yourself a little bit of a hole there. It was, there are multiple things. As I mentioned, like the Suns were complaining about it, kind of took them out of their game with that, killed the momentum. Also, as a fan just watching, that quarter of basketball was not fun to watch no. whatsoever. Well, at one point you looked, you looked and you're like, it's so late already. Like, because yeah. it dragged on forever. Part of it was, uh, in particular, D.A. on the defensive end was was getting up off his feet rather than standing flat with Sabonis. And that was kind of where Sabonis got it going a little bit because he kept getting the line. And that was his most effective stretch throughout. But the entire the entire quarter, the whole momentum of each team was slowed down by the ref. Sometimes you got to let these guys play. Mm -hmm. And that second quarter was the epitome of not letting guys play. And it got Sacramento the lead back. The Suns were up double digits uh, early in this game. And this swung things back in the Kings' favor and made it atrocious to watch basketball-wise. It was not pretty. I mean, I think Fred Van Vliet earlier in the week said everything you need to know about refs. Yeah. So just Google his rant, and, and that would be more effective than anything I could tell you right now. That's exactly how we feel. But But to be completely honest, it does make me feel a little bit better that it's not specific to the Suns. No, it's that a league, this is bro. a league-wide issue, and I hope that because it is league-wide and so many fans and players are now coming and talking about it publicly, maybe they will do something. I'm not going to hold my breath, but maybe they will do something about it. This is a league that had Tim Donaghy and a gambling scandal that they brushed under the rug. There's still refs in this league that were connected to to that whole scandal that are still uh, in in the league refing. I'm not holding my breath in any way, shape, or form that Adam Silver figures out a way to clean any of this up. Uh, definitely not before the playoffs. So buckle not up. This year, You're no. going to see it uh, a lot more of this. But you would hope the fact that the players are uh, are saying, you know what, we don't care if we get fined. This is bad enough. Where I mean, Fred Van Vliet called out specific refs yeah. by name. Which I love. I mean, which rarely happens, but they're getting to a point, these players, where, like, nobody's paying to come see the refs. Nobody wants to see Scott Foster blow the freaking whistle. We're here to see the players, and they're not letting these guys go out and do their job. Yes, absolutely. They definitely need to find some sort of a solution tonight. I'm, I'm not, again, like we said off the top. We are not saying that the Suns lost this game simply no. because of the officiating. It was a factor, but also... We're complaining about it because as a fan, that portion of this game where there were a thousand fouls called was not fun to watch. No. You saw it in the fourth quarter, too. When the whistle started to slow down and cool off, the basketball was better. Yeah. It was a more fun quarter of basketball to watch. Yeah. And look, no. Did, did the Suns lose because of the refs? No. No, but it was a hell of a lot worse to watch as a fan. And it was a little bit harder but, to win. But down the stretch, the Suns lost because they couldn't play defense and didn't hit shots. Let's make that very clear. But the refs did not help it and did not make it uh, any more palatable to watch, especially in that second quarter. Mm -hmm. Trevor sent us a super chat. They said, we need to stop missing free throws. This is true. It's not like we get a whole lot of them, so... You can't miss any of them. We were 18 of 22 tonight, which isn't atrocious, yeah, but, but still, those are those are easy free points. points. Free points. I mean, you got to so, make them all. You know, there was Tory Craig who was suffering from what appeared to be an ankle ailment 
throughout that final quarter, had a couple there uh, that he missed the front end of it, and that kind of killed the last gasp that this team had. But, uh, yeah, they need to do much better on uh, from, be, from behind the free throw line. All right, next up, let's talk about three-point shooting. Three-point shooting tonight. That was in our box. What did we end up with? Suns shot 29.5% from deep, and the Kings shot 42.9% from deep. That's a big difference. Honestly, like, I know this sounds silly, but a lot of them were open threes, too. Like, Whirly squirrely in the chat, if wide open dudes make their damn shots, we win. Like, there were some time, there were moments tonight where I was like, you got to make that. Well, especially Ish Wainwright. I mean, the other night he was kind of the hero because he came in in the fourth and, and was hitting those. Tonight he goes one of six, and most of those were open looks. But to me, at some point you got to look and go, we're not hitting from here. We're We're hitting when we get to the rim. We're doing those things. We're a team that's been predicated on the mid range for so much for so long. Why are we shooting 40, 42 threes in this game? I don't understand uh, why they're doing that. So that's frustrating uh, to me. Is, I mean, the thought process is always going to be shoot through it. Yeah, Eventually, they'll fall. I'm fine, but shoot from eighteen feet sometimes. Like dribble, take if you're open, take a couple dribbles in and shoot. I know it's not the popular analytics mindset with this but if you keep missing threes let's try a few twos see if you can get a rhythm and then go back to the threes I, I because like i said that when this team got back in it took the lead it was because they were cutting to the basket and they were using that uh, and then taking threes sparingly within that I, I it's frustrating that that on nights like tonight where they just aren't falling they continue to shoot them and every time you shoot one of those and miss them that's an opportunity you didn't take a higher percentage shot that you could have made and, and kept yourself in this game. Brittany in the chat said, remember when we used to be able to play D Lee for clutch threes in the fourth? Those are the days. Yeah, I don't understand why. I mean, D Lee had four minutes in this game. Four. You're not hitting shots. Why are you not giving him the opportunity at, at some point? He's you know? been struggling a little bit as of late. I don't have his numbers in front of me, but it, it kind of feels like he's lost his rhythm that he had early on in the season, and I'm not sure what the reasoning behind it is. Yeah, but the only way he can get his rhythm back is He's if he gets some attempts. That's true. And when he only gets four minutes when you're shooting 31% from, from three anyways, I mean, it's unfortunate. By the way, uh, those of you asking in the chat, I'm actually 6'7", not 6'1". Get it right. I'm 5'9", everybody. I'm 5'9", all right? <laughs> I'm 6'8". So. Oh, we know that. That's why you dominate on the boards, all right? <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. All right, we have a couple of super chats here. This one is from Trevor. Trevor said, frustrated we couldn't take the lead the amount of times we tied it. Defense sucked and can't afford these losses. Uh, Fred was right about the refs. Yeah, I mean, look, there's still, what are they, eight games above 500, still 22 and 10 at home. This is their first game, you know, I know they, they didn't have KD the other night, but this is the first game they knew they were going to be missing him for for a long stretch here, a couple weeks. So, I don't know. And they had a shot to win this game. And this isn't – if this were the Kings of two or three years ago, I, I'd, I'd understand the, oh, well, you know, this is awful. This is the number two team in the West. 
<laughs> this is a team that has played very well all year. They're 39 and 26. They're no slouches. So you held, you hung in there and you had the opportunity, uh, you know, really you had the opportunity until the very end to try to stay in this. And the final minute was when uh, the Kings kind of pulled away. So I don't like moral victories, but this could have been worse than it turned out to be. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break and uh, grab some beer, some Four Peaks beer. While I'm telling you about this, I want to know who you guys think the king of the game should be. So if you're in the chat, drop it in and let us know who your king would be for tonight's game. But if you're feeling some type of way after the sun's lost and you just want to, you know, wash it down with a nice cold beverage, I recommend Four Peaks beer, specifically the sun's brew. Um, I've heard that one is a fantastic beer. The Heisey or the Hazy IPA. Or the Heisey APA. Heisey APA, whatever it may be, uh, is also a really solid beer. And the Wow Wheat seems to be a fan favorite around. I, lo- the I love the Wow Wheat. I love the peach. Uh, Sun Brew is really good. I can, I got to say, I've never actually had a Hazy IPA. Really? I got to add it onto the list. You got to add it onto the list. From what I hear, it is a solid IPA. It, obviously, IPAs are. They're kind of, you got to have a taste for them, right? Emma, can you get me a hazy? I'd like to try it right here There you on the go. Program. Let's do that. Uh, if you guys want to keep up with everything going on over at our Four Peaks, check them out at Four Peaks Brew on social media. And you already know that St. Patrick's Day is next week. And the best place to spend it is, of course, Four Peaks 8th Street Pub. Go hang out. Have a great time. Drink some amazing beer. Just a reminder, you do have to be 21 years or older, and we ask that you enjoy responsibly. What do you think? Is it good? It's good. Yeah? Not too shabby? And hazy. I can taste the haze. You can taste the haze? The can's perfect for the show, too. A little purple and orange going on there. Oh, my goodness gracious. All right. Let's take a peek in the chat and see. We've got some Terrence Ross. We've got some book. Um, Let's see. We got DA. We got uh, Hello Blaming Me for the Loss by saying I... Talk shit about the Sacramento Beam and uh, <laughs> never talk shit about the Beam. Hey, the Sacramento Beamers are playing well, all right? <laughs> so not a lot of votes for a solid one singular person. So here's the thing. So we give it to no one? Do we give it to no one? Do we, does no No, look, I there's somebody deserving of it tonight. Yeah. We're uh, going to go ahead and give it to DeAndre. And- that's right. DA is our draft king, king of the game. He finished with 22 points, 12 rebounds, and two steals and two blocks. Now, I know everyone's game might be a little upset. DA did have a couple boneheaded plays in tonight's game, but I don't think that you should take those boneheaded plays and let that overshadow everything else he did in tonight's game. He played solid defense. He showed up big on the boards contributed offensively like it was a good it was a good game by DA everything he did gave them an opportunity to win in this game sure he had a few mistakes but he outplayed DeMontis Sabonis a guy who is considered to potentially be uh, a third team all NBA center this year has led the Kings to one of the better records in the league and DA completely outplayed him more points more rebounds uh more blocks than him tonight uh, I think DA played fantastic, and anybody that's not willing to notice that is somebody that's just going to hate on DA no matter what. We've been harsh on him lately. He's been rough. He came to play today. so Yeah, and even though in the last couple of games offensively he hadn't showed up, shown up big, he was still defensively contributing in ways that were important to this team. And I'm sure that he's trying to figure out what his new role looks like 
with KD and then now without KD and then when KD comes back? Because everyone was saying DA is the guy who will likely be the most affected by Kevin Durant's yeah. um, presence and now lack of presence on this team. Look, uh, when you look at Aiton, Paul, and Booker, they did everything they needed to. Tonight. Yeah. Even even Josh Okogie came up big with three of six from three. Like, everybody in that starting lineup performed the way that uh, that they were supposed to, that we said pregame they needed to to win. It just came down to the fact that you know, outside of Terrence Ross on the bench, uh, they scored, what is that, 16 points? That uh, doesn't get it done. It just doesn't. Nope. Uh, not at all. It's unfortunate. But, DA, congratulations on being named our draft king, king of the game. Listen, it wasn't a good night for any of us on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. No. No, it was not. I hope that all of you guys listening and watching had a better night on the DraftKings Sportsbook app than we did because all three of us lost our bets. Not a single yeah. one of us hit tonight, which means we are all minus $10 on our leaderboard, which means the order remains the same. It just doesn't look nearly as pretty. Saul's still in the lead with $264.13. I'm coming up. I'm right there. I'm coming for you, Saul. Two sixty oh four, And then, Espo, you're at two. 27. Oh, I told you Book was going to need to score 40 to win tonight. They didn't win, so I lost my bet. Well, there so. you go. You knew. You did. I did. I did. If you guys want to get in on the action on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, be sure to download it right now, but make sure you sign up using that promo code PHNX because new customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Again, that code is PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. So we have another super chat. This one is from Ryan. Ryan, thank you for your super chat. They said, another thing that's been an issue is their inability to close games out in the clutch. A stark contrast compared to last year. That's true. You look at, you know, going into the five-minute mark, this was a close game. Mm -hmm. Usually that's where last year Devin Booker CP3 would turn it on and carry them to victory. That hasn't been the case this year. Yeah. You know what makes that look a lot different? Kevin freaking Durant. You saw it in in the la in the three games that he played down the stretch. That's a guy that will help make book better and is able to get his own shot uh basically at will. So again, look, in in a vacuum right now looking at what this team is at the, at the moment. Yeah, that was rough in, in down the stretch. But Kevin Durant is back in two weeks. I mean, I feel like we're going to wind up saying this a lot over the next two weeks. Anytime they lose, uh, everybody's going to hit the panic button and go, it's over, they can't win, and forget that one of the greatest ever to do it is uh, sitting in on that bench, and we'll be back in time for the playoffs. So, yeah, tonight could have been a victory. It wasn't because they couldn't get it done in the clutch. That's been something... That happened a lot this year. That's why you go get Kevin Durant, and when he's back, you won't have those clutch issues. Mm -hmm. I mean, even though Chris Paul ha was has not been the Chris Paul of last year and before, I still think Chris Paul has a lot of gas left in the tank. Chris Paul's a top 10 point guard in this league still. Yes, and he proved that he still has something left to give tonight. I mean, 16 points, 16 assists, like... That's fantastic work by Chris Paul. And we said in the pregame show, too, we needed somebody other than Book. We needed a couple guys other mm -hmm. than Book 
to show up tonight offensively if you wanted to beat the Kings, who are number one in points per game in the league. Chris Paul added in 16 additional points. DeAndre Ayton added in 22. Again, we're not going to go too far into the bench any more than we already have because we get it. It kind of is what it is. Is there a depth issue? You could ask yourself there. I feel like you could say that there is a depth issue when you don't have your solid starting five. When but, your starting five is not fully healthy, then maybe. Okay, but look at this. Outside of Ish Wainwright, who played 15 minutes, uh, nobody that wasn't named Terrence Ross got more than seven minutes. And they didn't shoot all that bad when you look at the actual stats. You know, you do bring up a good point. This is way too many players for Manu to be putting out in a single game, especially after he talked after the trade deadline, needing to tighten up yeah. his rotations. So, so yeah. if you had removed two of these guys, then that's an extra nine to ten minutes that somebody else could have found, could have taken that time, and they could have built a little bit more rhythm. Hello in the chat said, can Monty stop playing 12 guys? We never win when we play 12 guys. Yeah, I mean, and you look at it, people bagging on campaign, and I get it, he hasn't been great since he came back, but he had five points in seven minutes, shot two of three, had two assists and a rebound, I mean... And didn't play again. Now, I didn't see him get hurt in that final play of the first half. We'll have to ask Gerald if there was something as to why. But, I mean, he only played seven minutes and he was shooting all right. Uh, Jock Landell was one of two, only played five minutes. Damian Lee, one for one, only played four minutes. Uh, Bismack Miyambo, one for one, only played five minutes. Ish Wainwright was the guy that missed most of the shots on the bench. He was one of seven, one of six from three. So... I, I understand hanging this on the bench, but it's also like, what Set were these guys supposed success. to do in, yeah. in four or five minutes? So, Oh, my goodness Brian, gracious. Brian says, Monty has no clue how to coach this team. I'd rather have Espo out there. That is the <laughs> worst idea ever. I would coach this team like shit. Yeah, I don't think we would do a much better job. Brittany does bring up a good point that campaign did have three fouls in like seven minutes. I get that, but which I will give you that one. But why ship him to Siberia at that point? If he plays another seven minutes and fouls out, fine. Then he's out of the game. You're not yeah. playing him. But he was helping offensively out there when this team needed some offense from that second unit. I, yeah. I, I this is too much ish for my liking. I get too that, much ish for your liking. Yeah, I mean, I I understand that he showed flashes in that fourth quarter the other night when Josh Akogi wasn't hitting jack squat when he was over over eight, I believe, against against the Mavs, and, and he came in and helped. But one of seven, one of six from three, and he's the guy you roll with as the guy that gets the most bench minutes, not named Terrence Ross. Monty needs to have. Needs to figure this out. Needs to figure out who his core guys are. Let them play and run with it. Maybe a deviation. Mm -hmm. I mean, he talked about nine and a half guys, right? Maybe there's a deviation of one guy that you switch out depending on matchups. But it's time to to pare this down. It's time to decide uh, on who this should be and and why they should be playing. And I I love me some Tory Craig, but I might try. I might give T.J. Warren a shot in the starting lineup or somebody else a shot because Tory Craig struggles mightily in that starting lineup offensively where he kind of finds himself a little bit on the bench and you need some stability on the bench uh, where I, you don't, I think you can take a more of a chance 
in the starting lineup when you've got the big three that are out there. And and on a night that Josh Akogi is shooting well, you could afford to try somebody else. One of five, oh four from three, only four points in 28 minutes is is difficult for me to swallow. But then he goes and plays 15 minutes off the bench and plays really, uh, you know, plays solid. Tory Craig is better in that role, so why not leave him in that role and try somebody else? I don't know that TJ Warren's a guy. He was over, you know, he, he didn't shoot tonight, but I'd like something. Which so. is kind of like I know he only played four minutes, but like I just I just want to see if TJ what TJ can do. We talked so much about TJ when this trade happened. I would just like to see it a little bit. That's all. And yes, Brittany, I understand he had fouls. I, I get that again. Uh, I understand that he had a lot of fouls, and that was a big problem with the bench tonight. I mean, there were a lot of fouls that came quickly with those guys, but that's one night. I want to. I want to see. I just want to see something a little bit different. If if we're gonna have another two weeks of of no KD, and we gotta experiment, give give somebody else a shot in that lineup and let Tory Craig play his natural role on the bench right now. I think that's better. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Monty does, but I think I think he needs to try and hone it in and maybe not exper- experiment so much throughout a single game. Like if you want to experiment, experiment with one thing yeah. each game or two things. Um, sometimes I think he gets a little bit nervous about what's happening and, and reverts back, well, and which what, I can understand, but I, I just don't like it. Yeah, I mean, as as much as I'd like to act like you can still play mad scientist and play 14 guys on a given night or 13 or 12, whatever the case may be, we're down there the stretch, right? All these games are going to matter in seeding. So I, I, again, nitpicking to a certain extent, but give me a little something different, you know? Yeah. Jeremy said, you can't get a rhythm if you're not getting any minutes. Yeah. And Chris said, Espo's right. I can't read it. Oh, good point on shaking it up with TJ Torres. Uh, Aspo Torres killing us. So mm-hmm. I think that's definitely if if you're looking for something, that's one that makes sense to experiment with. Yeah, so. you know what have made um, this evening a little bit better? Oh, geez. No, if we were all in this together, like if we were all together, we could commiserate all at the same time at the same place. While also playing golf, drinking beer, eating good food, and all the things. Wouldn't that have been way more fun? I, I feel like I, I would have been. I might have let a riot there in the I fourth. Mean, I feel I'm like not I would have had way more fun tonight if we were at a PH Next Watch party for this game. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Maybe. If you're worried about what the Suns are going to do over the next week, at least next Friday, or no. March 24th. That's what, two Fridays from now? Sure. Two Fridays from now, I think. This next Friday, we're all at Craig Morgan's house. The Friday after. The Friday. I think it's the Friday after. DM me. I'll give you Craig's uh, Craig's address. Yeah. March 24th, we're all going to be together at a PH Next Tea Party. We're going to watch the Suns take on the Kings again. But this time, we're all going to be together so we can cheer together. We can cry together. We can laugh together. Like I said, we're going to be out at the Dobson Ranch Golf Course, so we're going to be playing golf. We're going to be drinking beer, eating good food, hanging out with good people. Come hang out with us. The last uh, PHNX Tea Party was an absolute blast. It is $45 per person. If you are a diehard, you could get your ticket for $36. 
or $160 per foursome. Or again, if you are a diehard, you can get it for $120. Kids 10 and under play free. We also have a little youth clinic. We did a putt-putt challenge last time. A the, shootout the, challenge. Well, the three-point shootout was, I, I think one person had a shot. It was pretty ugly. So if you have any ability to shoot a three-pointer, you're probably going to win something is what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, though. And you're going to hear me curse at a television screen if uh, if it plays out like tonight's fourth quarter, which is pretty fun as well. <laughs> so come hang out with us. Click the link in the show notes to reserve your spot today. And if you are a diehard, check the Discord for your exclusive discount link so you can make sure that you can get your discount. Also, if you guys are looking for something fun to do, maybe over spring break, I know that's coming up for a lot of uh, parents and kids and whatnot out there, people who are in school still. Uh, Book some fun this spring at Octane Raceway and Mavericks. Uh, (laughs) Kart racing, virtual reality, laser tag, axe throwing, bowling, arcades, really great food and drinks. You can find it all over at Octane Raceway and Mavericks. They open early at 10 a.m. every single day. They have doorbuster deals, including buy one, get one $20 game cards and buy one, get one free laser tag from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. They've got daily specials on food, drinks and games. Unlimited fun pass um, are not valid for use March 13th through 16th. But check out OctaneRaceway.com and Mavericks.com to learn more. It's a lot of fun. It is. Uh, Hello's always giving me grief in the chat. You're such a brat. Hello's awesome. <laughs> Thank you, hello. My favorite girthling. Can we get some fla- <laughs> Actually, can we gas some people up tonight? Yeah. You know, gassing somebody up is kind of like... I'm not saying gaslighting them. I'm no, no, no. But I, correct me if I'm wrong. You're gassing wrong. someone up is kind of like what you old school would have said, like blowing smoke up their ass, right? Yeah, where it's it's not it's not no you're being sarcastic about it like you're not being legit. It is. Yeah, no, Lindsay's right. If it's like if it's like twenty one year old, what do you know about what they used to say back in the day? I'm trying to help you equate (laughs) it. Watch it. Back in my day in 2015. I don't know why you guys try and kill giving out flowers all the time. Let's give out flowers. Just give out flowers. Let's give out some flowers. And I want to give them to the one and only, the Phantom. (laughs) And tonight, the Phantom Menace, Josh Akogi, who had one of the greatest poster dunks I've ever seen and was pretty damn crazy out there on the defensive end, ripping basketballs away from Kings players and shot. Well, we know what he is. He's a knockdown three point <laughs> shooter, which he was this evening. I, I liked everything I saw from Josh Akogi out on there, out there on the floor tonight. Yeah, that I don't know how Josh Akogi finished that. Like that was insane. I, I don't either. I, I thought for sure he was falling about a foot short. When he went up for that dunk mm-hmm. and he did the old uh, MJ in uh, in freaking Space Jam, the arm stretched, he dunked and got the foul. It was it was one of the coolest end one dunks I have ever seen. So I need, he was 50 percent from beyond the arc. Yeah, which, I, you know, what? I'll take 50 percent, especially from Josh Akogi. <laughs> I'll take 50. Yeah, I would take 50 percent from anybody from beyond the arc on this. Yes. Team. But what I mean is because we've given him such a high designation as a knockdown three-point shooter this year and of course in that Mavs game you'll remember that was a tough night for him so it was it was a little bit it got a little bit sketchy there 
right? Josh, I now we're getting was like, back uh, to normal. Deep sea diving. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Sketchy. Okay. It was a little sketch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If uh, you're in on the inside joke, you get it. If not, sorry, you got to come around more often. Hello, need a Kogi with the Happy Gilmore shooter. We actually do that around here. So, hello, we uh, we like to do that for guys shooting while we're watching games. So he definitely got that tonight. Yeah, Josh Kogi was really fun. Um, that dunk. With something else. You know who else, if we're giving out flowers, I'll give one out to Busy. Busy yeah. had a nice nice dunk at the end of this game, too. Yeah, and he had some defensive plays. They mm-hmm. brought him in as a change of pace uh, to get some defense going there in the fourth. So uh, what I like about, uh, about Busy is he can go and not play for five, six games, come back in. He's still going to give you the same hustle, heart, and defensive effort that you get uh, from uh, from him every night. And then... We'd be remiss if we didn't mention Terrence Ross. Yeah. I know he takes a lot of heat online because, you know what, he shoots a hell of a lot. I mean, if if the ball hits his hands, there's better better chance than not that he's going to shoot it. But tonight, shot over 50%, was 4 of 10 from beyond the arc, had 18 points. He had two steals, an assist, and a rebound. This is where plus minus really bothers me, right? He was minus 18 but what, what more is he supposed to do in that? I get that his defense, he overplays sometimes. He's very, very good at overplaying and getting getting beaten by his man a bit. But offensively, uh, he did everything he could, and he was very good defensively in terms of the steals tonight. Mm-hmm. So I, I liked what I saw, even though the, the it, it metrics, the plus-minus metrics weren't exactly pretty. I'm glad that Terrence Ross is kind of like finding his way with the Suns team because for a minute there it was it was questionable, right? Like we knew that the offense should come with him. It was just a matter of time. Um, but that small window that it took for it to come wasn't exactly enjoyable, especially yeah. because defensively, like you said, some nights you could call him a liability. Other nights he is is kind of just right there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when he's playing like he did tonight offensively, it kind of equals things out. Like it doesn't matter. As long as he's solid defensively, you're good because what he brings offensively completely outweighs what he lacks defensively. And I also think that defensively he'll get a little bit better as time goes on with this team. Monty had mentioned that a few games ago that the biggest thing with bringing in new players to your squad after a trade deadline is more so on the defensive end than it is offensively because they will figure things out as far as the sets and the plays and the things that they run offensively, but defensively it's the verbiage and the communication that they have to get used to as well there. Yeah, and I think with Terrence, what he needs to do is just play within himself. I think he's trying to do a little too much defensively uh, and trying to jump things, so he winds up playing out of position on some of these switches because – if I remember correctly, he was saying in Orlando they didn't really switch the way the Suns are. So now I think he's being a little overaggressive, winding up out of position at times because of it. Just play within yourself. Mm-hmm. With with me, I need Terrence Ross to play passable defense and then score more points than the guy he's defending. Yeah. That's all I need, especially in a game like this where really it's an offensive shootout. I just need you to to shoot better than the guy you're guarding, or you know, or a handful of guys you're guarding. Tonight he really did that. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't really complain about the output you got from him. We did get a question from Jeremy in the chat. Said Espo Lynn's thoughts: 
When KD comes back, does he jump back in like the first go around or will this missed time hurt chemistry? I personally don't think it'll hurt chemistry too much. Um, I did find it interesting. Did you notice? I, I didn't check at the end of the game, but I don't think Evan Durant was on the bench tonight. Uh, I didn't notice either. And that may be because they're trying to maximize every second they can on rehab. Right. He very much could have been in the back getting work done uh, while watching the game. That's a, that's a common practice. So yeah. I wouldn't read too much into that. Uh, but what I was, the idea of it was at least he's with the team. Yes. Whereas prior to the trade deadline, you're not even with your new mm -hmm. team, right? You, he still has the playbook. He can learn things. He can mm -hmm. communicate. He can build up that chemistry at least in some capacity while yeah. still being around the team. So that's a benefit that you don't have that you would get from like a trade type of a scenario. Yeah. And look, we can sit here and talk all we want about the chemistry. And a lot of it is based on, you know, a handful of moments we get to see, but we had Jock Landell on yesterday and he said, this isn't anything they're worried about because Katie is one of the easiest guys to integrate into something. And he said the second he came in and started playing, it was like they had played with him forever. Like there's no, mm -hmm. he's not a guy that ha you have to work real hard to work into things, uh, especially the way he plays. The fact that he's not a point guard or he's not a center that you have to learn how to feed and how to get him the ball. He just comes in and and is is pretty seamless in his integration. So I'm not really concerned about that. What I would like is him to come back with four or five games left in the season so he can get uh, get ramped back up, feel comfortable with the ankle, feel comfortable in general. I don't want to see a situation like Donovan Mitchell last year with Utah where he had the ankle injury and he it kind of lingered a little bit into that first round. Mm -hmm. Suns can't afford that. They need him to come in, get comfortable in whatever small amount of games he has and be ready to go full bore when it comes to round one, because this Western Conference, as tonight proves, there's no easy matchup. People point to the Kings and go, that's who I want in the first round, because, well, they don't have experience. They got a good team, and that's yeah. the key to it. So you're not going to have any easy series in this play. Yeah, but overall, again, I'm not really that concerned about chemistry. Yeah. I do, like we said in the pregame show, I don't want to play the Nuggets in the first round. Hopefully not play the Nuggets until the Western Conference Finals. Um, should we make it that far, knock on wood, touch metal or whatever, to give them more time to work through any of those kind of things that they may need to work through as a team in the playoffs? Um, that's not to discredit whoever else we might be playing in the first or second round, but I think not the Nuggets would be your your yeah. toughest opponent, so you have a little bit more leeway there. But overall, I'm not overly concerned about it. Uh, Hello has an interesting question. It's a, somebody used to be a fan of. Hello wants to know, what do people think The Rock was cooking? Mm, I guess we're going to have to wait to find chili. out. That's what we call a cliffhanger. <laughs> uh, now, you know what I think it was? Something that doesn't smell real pungent, right? So, yeah. Because if he has to ask you, do you know what The Rock is cooking? Like, if you, can you smell what yeah, The Rock is cooking? What, yeah. yeah, then you it's clearly yeah, not yeah. something. It's definitely not garlic. Yeah, it's not. He, he's not cooking like a, a big batch of uh, of marinara sauce or or anything that that you really smell yeah. on a frequent basis. <laughs> it's something with a slight scent that I'm imagining. So. Yeah. So listen, everybody, we're working on getting Gerald in um, while he is connecting. You owe us a dollar, by the way. 
I, even if I word. even if I refer yep. to the You're team, supposed to say Denver or that that team in first. You know, or... I I'm sorry, Espo, but I think Lindsay deserves some grace because you I did just agree. tell her today. Hey, no, you I actually told her the other day. Me. I think that she deserves a good <laughs> 24 hours. No. I, that's yeah, you're a gonna tell me on a Friday that's night a and expect it to stick. Well, it's a Saturday night, so <laughs> oh, even we, okay. So, yeah, I clearly, can't even tell you what day it is and have it stick. Clearly, <laughs> we've got issues. Um, Emma, are we close with Gerald? Or are we we're working on it? Um, I'm not sure. All right, we're, so we're working on, on Gerald. In the meantime, we did get a super chat from D Book Love Malia, and they sent us um a sticker. Nice. And I'll read, it says what? Shiva dog gifting a large bone, bowing respectfully. <laughs> that is the definition um, or the description on the super chat is what they gave us. I'm glad Thank you bowing. for the sticker. I'm, I'm glad the dog is bowing respectfully. That's a sweet. disrespectfully bowing dog, I might have felt differently about. But thank you for the super chat. Yeah. We appreciate D-Book Love Malia. We appreciate it. Also, we teamed up with Circle K. They're our yeah. newest partner here at PHNX. We... Love having them as a part of our family. They have the best coffee, beer, and snack collection out there. Always my favorite place to go stock up before a long road trip. And the best thing about this partnership is that we're giving away an opportunity to win a $500 gas card. Have you seen the price of gas lately? Yes. Uh, you could use that $500 gas card immensely right Yeah. Now. Who doesn't want a $500 gas card? If you say no, you're crazy. But all you have to do, it's super easy, is just text PHNX to 31310. That is PHNX to 31310 for an opportunity to win a $500 gas card to Circle K. You can see the show notes for even more details. Get all the information there, but make sure you enter in to win. Yeah, if you don't like gas, you don't want a gas gift card, just do it to help us out and then give the gift card to somebody else. You got an electric yeah. car? Give it to somebody else. You can give it to me. Yeah. I have a gas yeah. car still. She drives like four feet every this day. This is fair. I do I, drive. I drive from uh, from <laughs> West New Mexico. So if you want to give it to somebody, I'm your guy. Uh, Amelia gets it. Polar Pops, love them in the summer. When the slushies at Circle K are top notch. You mix Coke and cherry, the best thing. Oh. It's like the best summer. And in the summertime, they're super cheap too. So like if you've got kids or nieces and nephews, like that's a super fun treat. Um, also, real quick, the PHNX Tea Party we told you about happening at Dobson Ranch, March 24th. If you don't have gear yet, you should pick some up from Bad sure. Birdie. Um, you don't have to wear golf gear to come to the PHNX Tea Party. But we highly encourage But it. you could look like the bell of the ball at the tea party if you show up rocking some Bad Birdie. They just dropped six new polos, three new quarter zips, and two new hats. So check them out, badbirdiegolf.com. And you can save 15% on your next order when you use the code PHNXBB15. That's PHNXBB15. By the way, you were totally wrong about what gas up somebody means. Um, what did you look up? Well, the, the definition is to inflate someone's ego or say nice things about them. So, Well, that's not how it's used. Inflate their ego in like a... Say nice it's things about an, them. What are a, you looking on? I'm looking at the internet, Lindsay. What We're, what are you looking at on the internet? At whatever Google gave me here. Look up Urban Dictionary and see if that's hey, what here. it is. Uh, what does gas your girl up mean? 
No, not gas your girl up. The term gassing up is to explain in friendly greetings, compliments, or unsolicited statements of support and encouragement. Uh, That's what it is. Or according to Wiktionary, which I get all all my information about words from Wiktionary, it's to inflate someone's ego in a, in a good way. Well, I don't know. I don't tell you. That's not how I've understood it. Well. Emma, what's going on? I am getting so frustrated. I'm about to throw the Mac because Gerald keeps calling in and then it's dropping him. And he's called in eight times now. So, so Ryan H says it means hype them up. Jose says Urban Dictionary says what Espo's saying. Hello, says Espo is right. Brittany says, I agree with Espo. Yeah, you guys are also old as hell, so. Sorry, I'm so (laughs) mad at this. I'm so mad about not being able to get Gerald. I just threw so much. Everybody's old. I'm so sorry. Oh my God. Oh my god. That was harsh. Tonight is Emma went tonight. straight for your throat. <laughs> I just, gas Emma up. <laughs> I feel like gaslighting is is different. It's they're two totally different things. Gaslighting is like uh yeah. it's it's like you say you're you say you're gonna do something and then you don't do it, or like vice versa, I think, right? Gaslighting like, is like literally lying. Yeah, it's like to oh, I'm your gonna, face. Gassing someone up or gas like gassing them up. Sometimes I feel like is sarcastic. I don't know. At least that's what I've been told. I could be wrong. I don't know. Hello, welcome to Emma's last stream. <laughs> Kyle B. Espo's right. That's what I've always known gas up to mean. And yes, I am old. <laughs> I'm just yeah. trying to give people what they want. I'm trying to give them girth, and I can't even get girth for myself. I don't know what to do. <laughs> okay, I want to go home. Oh. <laughs> this show has been very much like like the sun's in the second quarter. <laughs> Brittany says, no, gaslighting is making someone feel like they're crazy. Uh, so Emma must be gaslighting me right now. <laughs> and and the, the calls are gaslighting Emma. I, this is just a weird evening. I'm going to say that right here, right now, on the program. This is a weird evening. You are. All right. This, this has to be it. This is it, everybody. We're going to make this happen. We're going to get Gerald. Oh, my God. Here we go! Please. Oh my god! In the yes! Beyond the light. I've never heard somebody so one. excited for Kurt. Welcome <laughs> to Kurt! <laughs> Holy shit, I'm here! Hi, Gerald! Hi, guys, how are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Listen, we would have preferred to have a win tonight, but. It is what it is. What did Monty and the guys say about this one? Yeah, Monty was saying that he didn't feel like the team had the sharpness or the game plan discipline tonight to guard what is the number one offense in the NBA. He gave credit to the Kings offense, but was saying we were just fouling too much. They got to the line 37 times. And when you couple that with 
a lot of the transition buckets that they gave up, a lot of just transition opportunities that they gave up after a made basket. Their sharpness just wasn't there. Um, and so he was pretty critical of that, and he said it was unacceptable how many points the Kings bench was able to score. Obviously, the Suns are still trying to figure out some things with their bench, trying to get different guys in the rotation to see what they can and can't give them. But when you get outscored that much from the second units, that's a tough discrepancy to make up. So um, he wasn't very pleased with a lot of things in tonight's game. Um, and he was saying, you know, obviously there were calls that didn't go our way, but he didn't want to get up there and rant and rave about it and pick up a fine because he's been pretty resolute in saying that it doesn't do them any good um, because he has done that before and it, it hasn't really changed things for them. First off, uh, any update on Tory Craig? It looked like he tweaked his ankle twice there in the fourth quarter. Was he uh, doing all right after the game? He seemed fine after the game. Uh, we didn't get an update on him or anything, but he's you know he's the guy that's going to take his nicks and bruises and get back out there. Um, we did talk to D.A. Obviously, he dove for that loose ball and, and kind of got up holding his right knee. Um, he was saying he's fine. He just scraped his knee, and he was joking as he dove on the floor like that since college. So it was just a testament to how competitive a game this was, how playoff-like it was in its intensity. Um, but he said he's fine afterwards. You brought up D.A. Did Monty uh, have much to say about him tonight? A pretty impressive bounce-back game after offensively he's been a little... MIA as of late. Yeah, it was a good game. DA was saying in the locker room he felt like he's gotten a little bit back closer to his rhythm the last couple of games. Um, you know, he was saying the way teams were guarding the Suns with Kevin Durant on the roster, it kind of threw him off and got him a little bit out of rhythm. But he felt like these last two games and tonight, especially, he was back more in the groove. Uh, when it came to the fourth quarter, he only got one shot, and Monty was asked about it, and he was saying. You know, I'll have to go back and look at the film, but it didn't feel, and it could be the case where we need to get him more involved specifically, but he emphasized this offense is always about taking what the defense gives you. Uh, he didn't have a problem with the sun shot selection. He felt they just didn't fall. You know, they were able to generate 44 three-pointers, but they only made, I think, 29.5% of them. So it was just a rough shooting night. You look at Ish Wainwright, you look at some of the Chris Paul even, you look at some of the guys, they just couldn't knock down shots. Um, but this is going to be something to keep an eye on over these next few weeks without Kevin Durant is they're going to have to find ways to either get Chris Paul to take more shots and be more aggressive and or to get D.A. those shots um, because he was saying he felt a little rusty on some of his shots like his, his push floater uh, just because he hasn't had that many looks in the last few games. Gerald, the chat wants to know what's behind you. Is it kids, hyenas, birds, or dogs fighting? Uh, they, they are kids. They sound like hyenas, but they are kids. They are getting up shots. Uh, the sons like to do this after home games every now and then, and it's great for them and not so great for me. Did you pick up a side gig as a babysitter? You did tell us? I did, I did not because I'm not getting paid for this, so this is a really unfortunate <laughs> oh, scenario. That one came from Jose. So you're a parent now is what you're saying. You're just watching kids and not getting paid. <laughs> oh, this is far too early for this. Uh, in, in terms of in terms of the bench, we saw a lot of guys play, but not a lot of guys play a lot of minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, did Monty talk at all about the distribution of this? Like campaign seemed to kind of be in an offensive flow for the first time in a little while, but only got seven minutes after he got those three fouls. Any any explanation as to why that kind of happened tonight? No, but I, I think you look at who they were playing in the Kings and the 
significant playoff race that's developing between those two. If the Suns had picked this one up, they would have moved, I think, within a game and a half of the Kings uh, for that three seed. So I think tonight was, especially with Kevin Durant out, all about kind of riding the starters and trying to pick this win up. Um, obviously, they were unable to do so. Um, but you look at the minutes totals for the starters, um, and it looks like they were riding the guys that were playing well, Book, CP3, DA in particular, um, logging some heavy minutes there. Okay, so this is something we haven't talked about yet, but I just remember that it was something that I did want to bring up. Um, the Kings went to kind of take, they tried to take Book out in the third quarter, and they were fairly successful at that. But Book found another way to impact the game as far as facilitating. He finished tonight with eight assists. What did you like that you saw from Book in the way that he was able to still have an impact on this game when the Kings were really targeting him defensively? Yeah, I think this is something that I wrote about a couple months ago as well, just his progress as a guy who can not only pass out of double teams and blitzes, but actually kind of manipulate them and bend them to his will because he's seen most coverages that defenses are going to throw at him by this point. And he's gotten really good at not just finding the open man, but targeting the guy on the backside and seeing where the defense is trying to rotate and going against that. Um, and I, I feel like he did a pretty good job tonight of keeping the ball moving. The Kings were sending doubles at him pretty much the entire game. Um, and, and he's gotten so good about getting off the ball. Sometimes he needs to get off the ball a little bit quicker, but he's gotten better about not turning it over in those situations, about letting the offense capitalize on those four-on-three opportunities. Um, I do think the Suns needed to find a way to free him up a little bit more in that second half in particular. I think he only took six shots in the second half when he was really cooking mm -hmm. in the first. Um, and he had a couple of stretches where he came to life, that big uh, offensive rebound and put back bucket, and then the three that he had that bounced in. Um, those were big-time plays, but the Suns couldn't get stops on the other end. And, um, you know, you don't want to waste the energy of your star player when he's having to make plays like that and you're still not able to get stops um, because then it just turns into a back and forth, and that's kind of what it felt like tonight, especially in such a high-scoring game. Gerald, can you turn around and ask, who's your daddy and what does he do to them uh, from Kindergarten Cop Place? I, I don't think I have the appropriate outfit for that, but I'll, uh, I'll take a rain check on that. Uh, you have to go back and read the chat and how they're describing yeah. what may or may not be behind yeah. you. One of them suggested you might be in the final ap episode of Last of Us. Uh, with all the oh, clicking no. and, and all the sounds. So be careful out there, my yeah. friend. All right, I'll watch out for the cordyceps and the bloaters out here, <laughs> but they're getting pretty close. Anything else, Gerald, that stood out to you from tonight's game or that you heard from Monty or the players? Not really. I, I did ask Devin Booker about how difficult it is to stay locked in because, look, whether you want to say it was the Suns fouling too much or the refs giving the Suns an unkind whistle, that second quarter was completely bogged down by fouls. Um, and so I asked him if it's difficult to stay locked in and execute their game plan when a game gets so choppy like that. Um, and he was saying, no, we need to just stay locked in no matter what. But obviously it's a little bit more difficult. Uh, you know, it's easier to say this now than in the moment. So that is something that the Suns need to work on. And it was something that Monty criticized them for because before the game he was talking about how they need to stay emotionally stable when the Kings make their runs because they are such a high-scoring offense. Um, and I asked him after the game how he felt they did on that, and he said it was not good at all. So, um, you know, we've seen the Suns get bogged down and get bothered by the officials, complain a little bit too much at times. 
Uh, this felt like one of those nights where it kind of came back to bite them in, in the way that it swung the game in that second quarter. Yeah. Monty might not complain about it, but we did. So. Oh, I'm sure. And there I were, to be fair, to be fair, there were a lot of bad foul calls in this game. Like, it, it did feel like there – I mean, we had 41 free throw attempts in the first half combined before the two teams. Mm-hmm. I thought this game was going to end on Sunday. So Yeah, uh, that's yeah. the other part is it's like it's just boring. Like, it's not it's fun. It's not fun. Yeah, no, that's like beyond what we're going because I saw Kings fans on Twitter complaining about missed foul calls tonight and things of that nature. And I'm not going to go too deep down onto that rabbit hole. But like regardless of where the missed foul calls lie as far as which team, it's not fun to watch. And that's the bigger issue It's like nobody wants no. to see all of that. Right. Yeah. Fred Van Bleet made a great point the other day and he got fined 30K for it. Um, I understand why the Suns would prefer to bite their tongue and keep their hard-earned cash, but at the same time, it does feel like something that continues to happen, and it's a problem, a league-wide problem, that the NBA needs to address because watching a free-throw contest and watching officials puff their chests and blow a bunch of fouls is not fun to watch at all. Yeah, Yeah. well, guess what? We can't get fined here, at least not by the league, so... (laughs) We've got Monty's back. <laughs> Go feed that kid a banana or, or something to get, quiet it down already, all right? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> like, the comment, I'm surprised you haven't flinched yet because it just comes out of nowhere. It's like, <laughs> right in your ear. I'm, I'm impressed, Gerald. I'm impressed. I mean, I'm a professional until one of these kids comes and takes my knee out, and then I'm on the sidelines for a few weeks. But until then, we're going to not flinch. Well, let's not push our luck. Gerald, thank you so much for calling in from the Footprint Center and giving us updates from Coach Monty Williams and the players. We appreciate it. Guys, thank you for joining us here in the chat. Thank you for listening to us wherever you guys listen to your podcast. Don't forget to hit that thumbs-up button on your way out if you're on YouTube or to rate, review, and subscribe if you're listening uh, wherever you get your podcast because it really helps us out a lot, and we appreciate it. We will not have a show tomorrow on Sunday, but we will be back on Monday because the Suns are playing again. So we'll have a pregame show and a postgame show for you then. So plan to come hang out with us. Until then, you can follow the show on Twitter at phnx underscore suns. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. You can follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Remember, chimpanzees make everything more fun. Ahoy, ahoy. Hey yo, my lifestyle is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control, and he ain't never gonna let go. PHNX though, Lindsay Gerald Espo. Saw past the. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.